Hello and welcome into another Tuesday night. Uh, it is Connor in coverage. My name is Connor. We do this every Tuesday night, discussing the latest in Georgia news, football, every so much we're going to talk about. And obviously tonight we have a national championship game to preview, a college football playoff semifinal to review, uh, a recruiting talk, I'm sure, with Jeff Sintel down in San Antonio for the All-American Bowl. A whole lot of stuff to talk about tonight, and I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really strong show. We're going to talk about the players that Georgia needs to step up to to beat Alabama to win in that game. Obviously, these two teams have met on December 4th in Atlanta. It was a 41-24 loss for the Bulldogs. Uh, it was the worst game of the season for Georgia. Conversely, I think it was the best game of the year for Alabama, and I don't think it's going to play out like that this time around. And so with that in mind... I think we are going to need to see Georgia do some things differently. Obviously, what are those things? On defense, I think they're pretty simple. On offense, I think they're kind of basic in the sense that it's real simple. And we'll get into it with Stetson Bennett here later. I thought he was outstanding against Michigan and really played, I think, the best game of his college career. And, you know, I'm saying he needs to do exactly what he did against Michigan to lead Georgia to a win. But there's one big thing that he needs to do that he was able to do against Michigan that I think is really going to determine the outcome of this game. And, you know, end of the show, we'll obviously take your comments and questions. We're going to also sh- share some thoughts on the 2021 season because I think what Georgia accomplished this year shouldn't overcrowd and the final results shouldn't overlook what I think Georgia has shown it is capable of doing this year. And, and so we'll get into that a little bit there as well to sort of end the show and obviously take your comments and questions. I'm sure we're going to have a lot of them. How you guys see the game going down, score prediction, player of the game, uh, what this game means for Kirby Smart, what it means for this defense. So a lot to talk about on tonight's show. But to start off, we're going to go with the five players that Georgia needs to have standout games against Alabama. I think the first one's pretty easy. You, you saw him have a lot of success against Michigan there in the Orange Bowl. That is going to be one James Cook. Uh, the running back straight up is a difference maker for this Georgia team, both I think as a runner and as a passer. He is an incredible athlete, someone who is really – evolved in, in, into a primetime player for this Georgia team. I, I think he is their best, maybe non-Brock Bowers weapon. Certainly, I think at the running back position, he brings you a lot of versatility and can do a lot of very interesting things back there. You saw him catch a 53-yard pass against Michigan. You also score saw him score in another touchdown pass where he just left a poor Michigan defender in the dust there. He's made some explosive running plays over the course of this year. He's had big games against Alabama before. And this Alabama team, you know, Georgia had its worst rushing output of the season when these two teams met in Atlanta just actually a month ago today. And so, you know, I'm not expecting Georgia to go out there and run for 200 yards. I'd be pretty surprised by that, just given what we've seen from this offensive line this year. But I also think we've seen enough from Todd Munkin this year to get creative and find ways to get James Cook to football in space and take advantage of that athleticism that he possesses there. And so I think he's a pretty easy and obvious number one, as far as the guy that Georgia needs to be a real star on Monday now uh, against Alabama there in the national championship game. You know, what does his yardage numbers look like? I think if you can get him to 140 yards like you did against Michigan, I think that's a very positive development for the Bulldogs. I don't know if it's going to be 100 yards receiving, 40 yards rushing, or maybe a 70-70 balance, but you need to get James Cook involved in both the running game and the passing pass-catching game, I, I think, for this Georgia offense to score enough to to beat Alabama there in the national championship game. The other guy, you know, I think a lot of people want to say Brock Bowers, and he's obviously going to have an impact on this game. 
But he's not the guy to me that I think Georgia really needs to use to take advantage of some of the weaknesses that this Alabama defense has at this point in time. Yes, the the middle of the field is going to be open, and I expect Bowers to really take advantage of that. Maybe not to the same extent that he did in the SEC championship game, but but that's Alabama has a real weakness in the middle of their field with their linebackers and pass coverage, and I expect Bowers to have some success there. But the guy, but. Expecting Bowers to be successful, you know, that that's required for Georgia just to even be competitive, I think, in this game. You need other guys to step up in addition to that, to play well, to have a really big impact in this game. And so that's why I think a guy like Jermaine Burton is someone who we're going to need to hear from and maybe hear from a couple of times on Monday night against Alabama. He had the 57-yard touchdown catch against Michigan. He's made plays against Alabama before, though. I think even he would be honest. The Alabama game we saw him play in 2020 was not his best game. And while statistically he had a touchdown catch and I think 50 yards on four catches. He he is someone who, again, it's been an up and down season for him, but you've seen the flashes that he has and the playmaking ability and the speed that can really take advantage of defenses. And I'd point out that Alabama is really depleted in its secondary right now, specifically at the cornerback position. No Josh Job, who is out for this game with a foot injury, uh, that he played in the first game against Georgia, Alabama, and had surgery on said foot after that game there. Jalen Amar Davis has been dealing with an ankle injury for quite a while now, and we don't know sort of what his status is going to be. He tried to go against Cincinnati and was really unable to do so. So Alabama's out there right now playing with their third and fourth string cornerbacks. Now, granted, one of those is Kool-Aid McKinstry, who was the number one cornerback in the country last year, if memory serves me correct, or at the very least a five-star cornerback and a guy who has played a lot this season. So Alabama obviously always has a lot of talent there on their team and specifically on their defensive backfield. But I think Jermaine Burton is a guy who has the speed and agility to really take advantage of these Alabama defensive backs. And I know some people might want to say George Pickens here, and we did see him have, I think, a pretty big third down catch. But, you know, with George right now, again, you know, I think he played close to 25 snaps, which is the number that we had sort of put out there. And, and granted, the game sort of dictated, you know, Georgia wasn't taking a ton of deep shots to the outside when they're up 27 to three in the second half there. You know, expecting George to to turn in this six catch hundred and twenty five yard two touchdown performance, I think that's asking a little too much of George here in that situation. So I think the one thing that Burton does is he is healthy. He's been able to play. You saw him make a real difference in that game against Michigan. So on the offensive side, I go with James Cook and I go with Jermaine Burton. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about Stetson Bennett here coming up in just a second. But on the defensive side of the ball, I, and this is really where the keys come down to the game for me, and I, and I know everyone's going to say, you need Stetson to play well, you need to score points to win this game, and I recognize that. If you're Georgia, I, I think you need to get the 30 points to win. That's always sort of been the number for me, where if you can get there, you, you have to like your chances. Conversely, you need to hold Bama in the 20s, and if it's in the teens, that's probably a Georgia win. 20s, it's going to be interesting. And this Georgia defense has to play better than they played that first time around. And really, I mean, you can, you know, for the most of that game, in terms of time, Georgia defense didn't play that poorly. But there was a stretch there in the second and third quarters where on five consecutive drives, Georgia gave up 31 points. And it was the most uncharacteristic stretch this team had had this season. And it ultimately, I think, cost them that game because Stetson Bennett, you know, for the obvious interceptions that he threw in the second half of that game there, his final pass of the first half was a touchdown pass to tie the game up at 17. And the next time he threw a pass at the start of the third quarter, it was 31-17 Alabama. And that, you know, changed the way that Georgia had to play. They were playing from behind. They 
abandon the run, so to speak, but they were always, I think, at some point knowing in that game that they were going to have to make throws to win that game. So on the defensive side of the ball, I said five. It can be one of these guys, and if you want to expand it to six, sure. One of Jalen Carter, Devontae White, needs to be a dominant inside pass rusher in this game. Jordan Davis has had a fantastic season. I thought he was good against Michigan. This Alabama matchup is just not one suited for him. Uh, This is a game where – and he'll play, and I do think Alabama will run the ball a little bit more. Brian Robinson is healthier now. They're running back at over 200 yards in the win against Cincinnati. They're going to try and run the ball a little bit more, I would imagine, and – early on. And I just don't think that's going to be all that successful. You saw Michigan struggle with it. And again, the game sort of dictated that they weren't going to be running a whole lot there in the second half. But I think, and we're going to hear from Kirby smart here in a minute. The larger point in all of this is Georgia needs to be able to get after the passer. They need to be able to take quarterbacks down and to do that. I think the big thing is, can you get someone from the interior consistently winning there? Can you get a Jalen Carter? Can you get a Devontae Wyatt when Alabama is going to throw on first and second down and those guys are on the field? Can those guys pressure the passer? I think Jalen Carter can. I think even if you want to extend that to third down, Trayvon Walker, can he get an interior pass rush there? I think you need one of these defensive tackles to really have a standout game for Georgia there. Conversely, and this is the one guy on defense I think really needs to have a standout game. And he had one against Michigan. And, you know, obviously, Nicobe Dean was fantastic. Darian Kendrick won the Orange Bowl MVP. Nolan Smith was everywhere in that game against Michigan. Had a forced fumble. Had a sack. Was all over the field. Set the edge all night. Was chasing down Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. He needs to have another game like that against Alabama. And he's had an interesting season. I think only two and a half sacks on the year. Has not had the sack production that I think a lot of people expected. But he makes a lot of plays around the football and does a lot of important things for this Georgia team. So looking ahead, you know, you you mentioned all that pass rush there. Kirby Smart was sort of asked about it this week. What does that mean? How do you get after the passer, especially with how good Bryce Young is? And I thought Kirby gave a really good answer here. So here's Kirby Smart talking about the importance of the Georgia pass rush and getting after Bryce Young. Uh, it's really important. I mean, they 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 did a good job. Number one, he did a good job of moving around in the pocket, of uh, creating time. Um, he's really uh, way more elusive than people give him credit for. Uh, extremely good athlete, has uh, elite spatial awareness. He knows where people are, where his people are, where he's protected, uh, where he's going with the ball beforehand. And um, it wasn't for a lack of trying. And uh, we, we, we brought a lot of different pressures. They did a good job on um, picking those pressures up. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, there's four or five guys that are one-on-one up there. Somebody's got to win one-on-one. And uh, a lot of times you're better at pressure when you're not on the field as long and you're, you're winning some third downs. We had some really critical third down losses that, uh, that hey, they didn't beat us. We busted. And uh, you can't do that, not beat a good football team. You give them extra snaps every time that happens, and, and you, you can't do that. Yeah, so it's important there to point out, you know, Kirby mentions winning one-on-one matchups. Michigan does a lot of pulling, moving of guards, moving on the offensive line to try and set things up. Alabama is more, more a man-on-man situation in terms of how they block, how they want to hold hold up and pass protection there. It's worth pointing out that there are some questions about Alabama starting right guard, Emil Okoye, if I'm pronouncing his name right, uh, probably not. But having said that, you know, if he's not able to go, 
you might have another issue there with the Alabama offensive line. They've had some concerns over the course of the year. I do think that Cincinnati's game plan gave them some success in that area. Now, it's worth pointing out as well, Cincinnati's game plan was also why Brian Robinson ran for over 200 yards. And so you're going to have a chance, I think, to have some pressures there. And we'll see how much this Alabama offensive line whether that game against Georgia was an aberration or it really speaks to how good this unit is and can be coached up. And I'd point out as well, you know, the backup right guard might be playing. That backup is J.C. Latham, the number one overall offensive line prospect in the 2021 recruiting class. So it's not exactly like you've got a bum coming in there to play right guard or a significant downgrade, you know, Latham is going to one day be an NFL player and in, you know, Brandon Adams brought this up on his show today when I was talking with him, it's shades of Alex Leatherwood where Jonah Williams goes down in the 2018 national title game and in steps, Alex Leatherwood at the time, a five-star freshman, number one offensive lineman in his recruiting class. And there was no drop off there whatsoever. So I think for Nolan and you can maybe say Channing Tindall as an edge rusher in this game. I think you see a lot of that in that situation. And then on the inside, either Devontae Wyatt or Jalen Carter to have big games uh, there. And you can mention Trayvon Walker there as well. I think this Georgia pass rush point blank though needs a good game and it needs to come from specific spots. I don't think this is necessarily a game and Nicobe Dean could have a very impactful game, but I think you need guys on that defensive front to really have an impact in terms of how they go after the passer and how they pressure Bryce Young. And then the last guy, again, similar to the defensive tackle spot, you could say either Darian, uh, Darian Kendrick or Keely Ringo, one of those guys is going to be matched up on Jamison Williams and they might trade off, but one of those guys is going to need to have a standout game. We're going to need to be able to talk about those guys after this game and say, well, man, they played really well there on the outside. They really trusted their cornerbacks and those cornerbacks were able to hold up because I think that first game, the defensive game plan so obviously showed that Georgia did not exactly trust its secondary and you know, part of that maybe is Chris Smith's injury. I'm interested to see if they play him at star and what they do at safety, or do they keep Chris Smith at safety and William Poole at that star position like they did against Alabama the first time? It didn't work at all. And on the outside, specifically against Jamison Williams, you're going to need Keely Ringo to hold up out there. You're going to need Darian Kendrick to be able to make a play or two out there without giving up too many big plays. Uh, there as well. You're going to need Lewisine to be a difference maker back there helping out. And so I expect to see a lot more man-to-man coverage in this game, especially Alabama having no John Mechie. Now, again, much like we've mentioned here tonight, no John Mechie, but Ja'Cory Brooks, who had a big catch in the Iron Bowl and had a touchdown catch in the college football playoff game, he was the number one ranked wide receiver in the 2021 recruiting class. If you kind of get the theme here, Alabama's recruited very well and has talented players who are able and capable of stepping in to help out this team because Georgia, I think, is the healthier of the two teams right now. Uh, Christmas sounds like he's 100% and good to go. Same with Jamari Sawyer. There's been some concern about Brock Bowers and his shoulder injury. He's going to be fine. So from an injury standpoint right now, knock on wood, uh, Georgia seems to be in a better spot than Alabama, and maybe that impacts this game, especially as you f- you would think it figures to be a four-quarter, at least a second-half type game with the way these two teams have played under Kirby Smart and Nick Saban there. So to recap, the five players that I have, that Georgia needs to be stars that we need to be talking about, that I need to be writing stories about after the national title game, James Cook, Jermaine Burton, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Keely Ringo, you could swap out Darian Kendrick for Keely Ringo. You could swap out Devontae Wyatt 
for Jalen Carter there. But those are the five guys that I think you really need to see come out and play a strong game and be difference makers for Georgia if the Bulldogs are going to win a national title. That is our first topic here for the night. A little long, but you know, it's the biggest preview. It's my last real preview of the game. So why not, you know, spend a little extra time offering some thoughts and, and, and whatnot on it. So moving on to our second topic, uh, Stetson Bennett. I thought he gave a very fascinating press conference yesterday. Um, you could tell, I, I think he felt very comfortable with himself. I think playing as well as he did against Michigan in the college football playoff game, in the college football playoff semifinal rather, I think relieved a lot of pressure from him because he's heard from all angles about how he was not good enough. And I thought he had some really great answers to a number of different questions. And going into this game against Alabama, not only has it been the game that has sort of defined Kirby Smart and defined the Georgia program, more than anyone else, Stetson Bennett has been defined by how the Georgia-Alabama games have played out when he has been the starting quarterback. They have been four, They have been almost mirror copies. 41-24, the final score. Uh, he threw three interceptions in the first one. He threw two in the second one. Uh, Georgia has scored... Uh, 41 points in the first half of those games. They have scored seven in the second half. Uh, mere images there. Now, Stetson has done some good things in both of those games, but they are not good enough to outweigh these sort of turnovers and mistakes that he has made. And furthermore, you look back to this most recent Alabama game, red zone scoring, third downs, three of 12 on third down, red zone scoring, five attempts, 17 points. Those are not good enough. Those are not going to beat Alabama. And so we talked to Kirby Smart and we got a chance to ask him, you know, this is a rematch. Alabama is a team that you've struggled with. I'm not going to play the the bogeyman part of this. Uh, I, you just uh, the the reporter butchered the the boogeyman, the Baba Yaga, whatever term you want to use there. But Kirby Smart was sort of asked, you know, how do you go about beating Alabama given the history you have between these two programs? And it, it, he doesn't mention Stetson here, but I'm going to tie it into what Stetson had to say uh, after this. But this is Kirby Smart talking about the things that Georgia has to do to beat Alabama. They got a really good football team, really good coach, and a really good program. It starts with uh, with good football players, and uh, they've done a great job uh, at recruiting those. And, and I think when you look at the the skill set of, of some of the guys they've had come through there, and the, I know myself just looking at the last two or three times we played them, I think somebody said either six or seven first round wideouts uh, have all played, and that that, that skill set is pretty unique. I don't think there's any team in the country that's had however many it's been, the run they've had on those. And and that makes it, you know, you, you got to play well. You, you got you to gotta play well in the red area. You got to play well situational football. You can't turn the ball over um, and expect to beat good football teams. And uh, and those are things that that we have done when we played them. We turned it over and we can't do that. But as far as the mental capacity and mental mindset of our guys, they're, they're excited. They got another – I earned another opportunity to go play a really good football team. And – uh, we've got a really good football team. So our guys are physical, uh, excited, and looking forward to, to this opportunity on the biggest stage there is. You hear Kirby Smart mention it there. Execute in the red zone, not turn the ball over. That falls on the feet of Stetson Bennett. Uh, he's going to be the quarterback for Georgia in this game. And he was able to move the ball with success that first time against Alabama, three for 340 yards, through three touchdown passes. But Georgia needs him to execute in the red zone. And he knows that. And he knows that he can't have turnovers in this game because that the, the margins in this game, specifically with teams these talented, 
is this thin and maybe even this thin. The margins are so small in this game. You can't afford to give away extra possessions. You can't afford to lose field position battles. And Stetson knows that. And, you know, I, I think there's a certain calmness about him now getting to this point, playing almost with house money, so to speak, because nobody expected Stetson Bennett to be here. And he's gotten Georgia to a national title game. Yes, he has a tremendous cast of characters around him. Yes, he has one of the great defenses of the past decade, but Stetson Bennett was great in that game against Michigan, and he is just as much a reason that Georgia is in this game as any other player. And so him looking at this game, like, sure, it's a chance for him to define his legacy, but he also recognizes he's not the type of player that was supposed to have a Georgia legacy in the first place. And so I think level-headed is what you see on your screen, and I'm going to play a clip here from him. You know, he knows that he doesn't have to answer every question. He knows he doesn't have to be Bryce Young the same way I think Bryce Young does in this game uh, to, to get Georgia to a win. He has to execute in the red zone. That means getting touchdowns, whether it be using his feet, making third down conversions, whatever. They need touchdowns in the red zone in this game. And he knows as well that he can't turn the ball over. Now, Setson's not going to you know, change the way that he plays and be ultra conservative, but he's got to make smarter plays and he, and he knows he's got to be better and he's heard it all. Believe us. That's why he has a flip phone now. And so I thought Stetson, when he was answering and asked this question about sort of the weight that comes with being him and being a Georgia fan and knowing the history and the relevance of Georgia football and how long it has been since they won a national title. I thought what Stetson had to say was really good, not just about the state of the Georgia fan base and psyche as a whole, but about him and the players themselves. You know, maybe I'm not capable of holding that kind of weight on my shoulders, but no, I'm just treating this as a football game. Um, you know, do I know this means a lot to a lot of people? Yes. Um, am I trying to play some kind of savior by winning a national championship for millions of people? No, I don't think that's my job. Um, my job is to go out there and throw completions to very talented people we have on this team. And I think it's as simple as that. Um, so, you know, yes, I know it means a lot to a lot of people. Um, you know, is it just another game? No, I'm not silly. Um, but, you know, I don't think, you know, for 20-year-old kids, you can put that kind of pressure on yourself because you might go crazy. Um, so I'm just treating it as another game, and I'm preparing – my butt off and everybody on this team is. Um, but the reason we're doing that is because we respect the heck out of Alabama and the team that they are. Um, and we know we're going to have to give it our best shot to win this game. I thought it was really good from Stetson Bennett there. And there was another quote he gave when I had asked about you know, how aware of recruiting rankings are you guys and, and that factoring into it. I encourage you to check out his full sort of interview press conference on the Dog Nation YouTube page. Shout out to those who are watching there with us right now. But I thought Stetson Bennett was really good there in talking about you know the pressures that come with this game, what he has to go out and do, and understanding the moment. And he knows that you know this is not guaranteed. Uh, he was not supposed to be in this place, but he's worked his butt off, and he has delivered a lot for this Georgia program, and he's gotten them to this point. And one last thing we're going to hear here from Stetson is just sort of him talking about, you know, the story of this season and this team, because he is obviously a big part of that and what that means. And, and you're going to hear a lot about him in the run up to this game, because again, in his time as a starting quarterback, he's sort of come to define uh, at least this portion of the Alabama Georgia story, so to speak of 
does a lot of things really good, but for whatever reason, he's not that Bryce Young type guy. And a lot of people think that holds Georgia back. But again, I would point to how, go look at how he played against Michigan. He was nearly flawless, 313 yards, three touchdowns at a 20 yard run, had one bad pass in my estimation that probably could have been intercepted, but it wasn't in that game. And so, you know, Stetson understands this game and this moment and what it means, obviously for the Georgia fan base, but for him as well. I mean, I guess the, like, are you going to outsmart yourself, right? Are you going to yeah. overthink everything? Um, no, we are not. Um, obviously, when we go out on the field, you know, would I prefer for Alabama if they're going to change anything up to send us an email this week? I would love that, but I assume that they won't. So we're going to prepare with what they've put on tape. Um, and obviously other, um, you know, you know, we're, we're, we're going to stick with their, with their tendencies just the same way I do every week um, and be ready to adjust. Say they come out in completely different defense, but I'd be willing to bet that they're not because we're here in the national championship, you know, it, they're not going to change up and go, you know, all, um, you know, Arkansas on us. They're not, they're not going to do that. They're going to be Alabama um, and we're going to be Georgia and we're going to see who executes better. And if there is a wrinkle come Monday night from either side, then, you know, whoever just best to that will win the football game. And I think that's a good segue sort of into our final sort of subject of the night. And then we obviously answer your questions. Final thoughts before the national championship game and the season as a whole, I think Stetson really hit on it there. Uh, I don't put a lot of stock into the rematch. I don't even know how much I put into that first game. Obviously there are going to be things both sides learned about that game and wrinkles coming out of it, but I don't know how much that has on this game. I've heard some chatter about, Oh, there's real pressure on Georgia in this game. You know, if not now, when with this Alabama program being as quote unquote, you know, vulnerable or down as it is, Alabama still got the best player in this game. They still got the best coach in this game. They still got the second best player in this game. And Will Anderson who's the best defensive player in this country, in the country. So, you know, you hear about the pressure with Georgia and Alabama, and if not now, when? I, I think if you look at what Georgia did the rest of this season, that's your proof of concept going forward that, hey, Kirby's going to be able to build and recruit and have a great defense. This year it happened to be a generational one, but he's going to have strong defenses. He's going to have loads of playmakers, whether it be a senior in James Cook or a freshman in Brock Bowers, even with an offensive line that, quite frankly, from a talent standpoint – might be one of the worst ones that Georgia has had under Kirby Smart that is still able to, to limit what Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, two guys that combined for 25 sacks to zero sacks against Michigan. Uh, there's obviously even room for improvement with this team. You can look at the quarterback play. Yeah, they don't have a Bryce Young type player, a Joe Burrow type player, a Kyler Murray type player back there at quarterback. And so there's room for them to get better, even on the outside with some of their wide receiver play. Uh, this defensive backfield, you know, for as great as this front seven is, there's still some questions about the depth there in this secondary. And so, well, yeah, there's going to be pressure on Georgia and God forbid if they lose, people are going to want to, well, is Kirby Smart ever going to win it? I think this year showed proof of concept that going forward, he's the coach that can get Georgia and have Georgia in the conversation every year. And if you get a couple of breaks and, you know, maybe Georgia gets those against Alabama on on Monday, they haven't in the past. You think back Tyler Simmons. You think back the Miss Rodrigo Blankenship field goal or as Isaac Nada getting chased down uh, in the open field in the 2018 game. If Georgia's able to get those breaks and they win a national title, but the result of this one game shouldn't fundamentally change 
how this season has been viewed. And it's been an absolute success for Georgia, in my opinion, to get to this point, to prove that through recruiting, through the way Kirby Smart has run things, through hiring coaches, you know, Todd Munkin, who we're going to hear from tomorrow, has played an integral role in this team. Dan Lanning, the defensive coordinator, played a huge role in changing the way this defense has played in his time here at Georgia, and that's why he's going to go be the new head coach at Oregon after this game. So uh, for all that goes into Monday and all the pressure that comes down to that, this season has been an undoubted success in my mind for Georgia. And it shows going forward, they're still going to be a force to be reckoned with. You know, do they beat Alabama going forward? Do they usurp Alabama as the best program in college football? Probably not, because that just speaks to how good Nick Saban is. But I do think they're going to win on, on, on Monday night. I feel okay saying that. And, you know, I've been as pessimistic about Georgia as really anyone here at Dog Nation. I picked them to lose to Clemson. I picked them, you know, to not cover against Michigan. So I picked them to lose to Alabama the first time around. But with this Georgia team and the guys on this defense and the guys on this offense, the guys in that locker room, they know what this game means to this program. They know what it means to their legacies. If this Georgia defense comes out and stifles Bryce Young and holds them to 27 or 14 or 13 points, you know, this goes down as one of the great defenses of all time in the history of the sport. If, if Stetson Bennett goes out and wins, you know, it's a, a legacy-defining game for him, a legacy-defining moment, and he goes down as one of the all-time great stories in college football, a guy who was an afterthought not once when he was a walk-on, not twice when he arrived as a JUCO quarterback, not when he, even when he was a four-string quarterback to start the 2020 season, even this year at the start of the year. No one thought we were going to see Stetson Bennett play. There were people who out there who were legitimately angry that Stetson Bennett got the start over Carson Beck in the UAB game. So – for all that goes into this game, don't let it overshadow what Georgia did in the first, you know, 14 games of the season. And I know everyone wants to see Georgia win in this game, and it doesn't matter what the final score is. It just matters about at this point winning the game, beating Alabama, and winning a national title. I think the defense is going to come out and play very well. I think they're going to make the adjustments that need to be made. I think Nolan Smith is going to have another sensational game. I was really impressed by what he did uh, against against Michigan. I think this offense is going to be able to make enough plays. I have enough faith in the skill players around Stetson. And I think Stetson knows, you know, what, what works and what doesn't against Alabama. And so, you know, I, I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a competitive game. I think the defense is going to make enough plays, whether it be a, a timely sack an interception, probably George is going to need to force some turnovers in this game, whatever it may be. I think Georgia's going to do it and I could be kicking a football like I'm Charlie Brown and Alabama could be Lucy once again. But I think with everything we've seen from this team, you know, the doubt that some out there had for this team going into the Michigan, Michigan game, so much as where their mindset was, they've answered every question. Why can't they answer this final question asked by Alabama? You think you're that good? Come out and beat us. I think Georgia's the better football team than Alabama. I think they played one bad quarter. Granted, it was a horrendous quarter against Alabama. I think no John Mechie plays a real factor in this game. I've said as much since the moment he got injured. You can even go back and look at that. After he went down in the second half of that game, Alabama's offense scored one touchdown. And that was on a 67-yard touchdown pass to Jameson Williams. That was just individual brilliance by Williams. So having said all that, I think Georgia wins. I don't feel great about it saying it out loud now, but I think they're going to find a way. I have enough faith in this defense, in this offense, in this coaching staff to find a way to, to win a four-quarter game against Alabama, something that is incredibly difficult and incredibly rare uh, in the college football era. But this Alabama team, for having Bryce Young, for having Will Anderson, for having Jamison Williams, 
They've also lost to, to Texas A&M. Zach Calzada had a really strong game that day. So they're not, invo- they're not invincible. And I think you're going to find, you're going to see Georgia make just enough plays to win this game and win a national title on Monday night. And with that, let's open up to questions. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there talking, giving predictions and whatnot. So let's fire away. Um, let's see questions, thoughts. Let me drop the final thoughts thing there. Um, yeah, Greg Childers. Uh, this is the big point with John Mechie. One thousand, uh, John Mechie, you know, six catches, 97 yards in the first half alone. Uh, he was a major problem for Georgia. I think with no him out there, you trust that you're able to play a little bit more, man. Now, Ja'Cory Brooks is going to be a factor in this game for Alabama and he's a very talented receiver, but he's not John Mechie at this point in time. And, and they're going to find ways to try and get Jamison Williams, the football, but I, you know, you just have to, you just have to hope that your cornerbacks, Keely Ringo, Darian Kendrick are able to make enough plays in that game. So green soldier. Good to see you. Uh, yeah. Tracy Burgess got to stop Jamison Williams. You can't let him have the game that he had last time. Um, with Georgia. And that goes back to the Mechie point with no Mechie out there. I think it becomes easier to, to shadow, to bracket, um, to bracket Jamison Williams in this game. Let's see, Breezy. Uh, yeah, it, it, Georgia. Ha- Georgia has to get pressure. Uh, e- obviously, even sacks, but pressuring, forcing Bryce Young to make errant passes. You saw Cincinnati have some success with this, and you know maybe Georgia tries that defense a little bit and puts Jordan Davis there in the middle and say we don't think you can run on Jordan Davis and we trust the rest of our guys to get out there and get after it you know, maybe that does make things a little bit differently, but Georgia first and foremost in this game has to get pressure. They had 45 sacks in their first 14 games. If they can get to 50 sacks on the season, I think that'd be huge for this team. And that's probably where they're going to need the number to be, whether it be, you know, 50, 49, they're going to need four to five sacks in my opinion in this game to win. Um, let's see. Um, well, Carter's lawn care, I will tell you, in the 2019 national title game, Trevor Lawrence just had the game of his life and was unbelievable on third down uh, when, when Clemson beat them. Uh, to my knowledge, that it's the only other time that Alabama has lost a title game under Nick Saban. Now, they did lose the college football playoff semifinal to Ohio State in 2014 uh, when Ezekiel Elliott just went bananas in that game and ran for over 200 yards. Uh, let's see. They did not make the playoff in 2020. And 2018, they got the brakes blown off by Clemson. Uh, the game against Clemson in 2016, Clemson just ran a ton of plays, and that defense wore down. Alabama's offense couldn't sustain in that game, and Clemson won it at the end and won it at the gun there. So, you know, wins and losses by Alabama in national title games are exceedingly rare. Let's see. The boy brings up, yeah, uh, I, and I even thought that Alabama lost to A&M. Alabama just didn't get a few bounces in that game, and while they were down big in that game at one point, big love, this is true, and no one remembers losers. Eh, I don't know about that, but, you know, I, I think going forward, you know, winning this game, it makes everything easier for Georgia. It makes an offseason easier, and yeah, you're going to want to see them repeat and see this team ratchet its intensity back up there and, and try and get to the standard that Alabama has set, but you know, this team did a lot of really special things and that should not be forgotten or pushed to the side by the final result. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Harold McLuhan. Yeah. I mean, it's easier said than done, Harold, but stop, find a way to stop Bryce Young. Find a way to limit what he is able to do um, on Monday. And, you know, few teams have really been able to do that because even against LSU and even against Auburn, he threw for 300 plus yards in both of those games. Let's see. Comments, questions. Uh, Cody Boom, it's real simple. Cincinnati, I think, has shown it to you. Auburn, LSU have shown it as well. You have to trust your cornerbacks to play man on the outside, play man coverage. Roger McCreary, I think, did a really good job. And granted, in that game, you know, Jamison Williams was out for most of it after he got ejected for targeting. Similarly now, no John Mechie in this game. And the Alabama passing offense wasn't exactly great against Cincinnati, but I think there are a number of reasons for that. Chiefly, they just knew that they were going to be able to run the ball for seven, eight yards to carry with Brian Robinson whenever they wanted to, and we're just glad to take that. So I think you have to play press man coverage on the outside with five guys. And you have to pressure with six. You have to bring more guys uh, uh, from a pass rushing standpoint than they have the capability of blocking. Let's see. Thoughts, comments, questions. Uh, I do see a, a Caleb Williams question. You know, we're going to talk to Todd Munkin tomorrow and I'll, we'll get some insight there on Brock Vandergriff. Uh, I, I saw the replay, the report by Blake Brockmeyer um, played at Texas and now writes for 247 Sports that he thought Georgia was, was a leader there. That doesn't really match up from what I've heard and how I think Georgia feels about its quarterback situation. They like the young quarterbacks that they have in this room. Carson Beck, Brock Vandergriff, Gunnar Stockton coming in to in the 2022 recruiting class. I think they like what they have there. And going forward, I think they want to roll with what they have at that spot. Obviously, there's some people out there that would take Caleb Williams, and he's a, an incredible talent. But, you know, I, I think you really want to see Kirby Smart develop some of these homegrown guys at Carson Beck. Me in particular, I've made it clear. I think Brock Vandergriff is a guy you want to develop going forward. You see the impact that Stetson Bennett's mobility has on this team. Uh, I think Brock Vandergriff can have that as well going forward. So, uh, but, a, but a good a good question there. Um, let's see. Thoughts, comments? Uh, Jason Evans. Yeah, it's a great question. And hopefully we're not asking that after, uh, the national title game, because that probably means another loss for Georgia. If you're just going to sit back and play zone and I don't expect them to, given what Kirby smart had said in the post game of the Alabama game, I think that's going to be the case. Uh, I expect to see a lot more man in this game, just given, you know, Kirby Smart said it himself, Bryce Young's numbers against zone defenses are staggering. Okay, that, that should tell you right then and there, hey, yeah, just just trash the zone defense. I know Georgia tried to play more zone defense this year over the course of the year, but at the same point in time, Darian Kendrick and Keely Ringo, those are guys that want to play man coverage, and you got to trust them out there. Um, John Green, I, this is in relation to uh, Emil Okoye, the guard. Uh, Nick Saban did not have an update on him yesterday. We'll probably maybe learn something about him tomorrow, certainly on Sunday when Nick Saban speaks again there. Uh, it sounded like an upper body injury um, from what I had heard. And Thoughts, comments? Let's try to keep it to the Georgia game because we'll be back next Tuesday night, hopefully talking about a national championship win. Uh, the month of January is going to be very, very busy for Georgia. There's going to be uh, a lot of roster changes, a roster turnover. You know, you factor in the transfer portal, you factor in uh, guys declaring for the draft. There's a lot going on there, and it'll be very busy, and we'll, we'll have plenty of time to get to that. Let's keep it on the game for right now.
Uh, I don't believe Jamison Williams got dinged up in the game on Friday uh, for Alabama. I see, I see that comment rolling there. Uh, Anson McMahon, Nolan Smith, and I said this on the top of the show tonight. I think Nolan Smith needs to have another big game. Uh, you know how many sacks? I don't know, but if he plays the game like he did against Michigan, uh, where he's impactful in both the run and the pass, I think that's going to be a very good sign for this Georgia team. He's a guy that you know, obviously, you no know Adam Anderson in this game a guy that is an edge rusher, you need to have an impact there. Put him on that right tackle, Chris Owens, who has struggled at times this year for Alabama and tell Nolan, hey, go get the quarterback and go get Bryce Young. And Bryce Young's a great athlete, but if you're able to harass him and and force him not so much to scramble outside the pocket, but really try and step up and step up into his throws, I think that's going to go a long way to Georgia having a win. Uh, Joe Dirt, I see you asking about Don Blaylock. I... Uh, I don't expect him to have a big role in this game. Uh, I think Kyrus Jackson, Lad McConkey are going to play bigger roles out of the slot there for Georgia. And then on the outside, look for guys like Adonai Mitchell, Jermaine Burton, George Pickens here or there. But I think with the wide receiver rotation being what it is at this point, Brock Bowers, Donald Washington, I've already mentioned seven guys there that are going to get targets and play in this game a whole lot, you know, to expect more than that. You know, we'll see. And it was really, and we, we, we stressed this over the course of the year. It was a, a, a sort of, we knew it was going to take a full year for Dom to get to where he wanted to be health-wise, and we really think next year is a year where where he starts to return to form there. Uh, yeah, so Green Soldier, this is in relation, obviously, uh, the, to the hit he took on the kickoff. Uh, Jameson Williams is going to be fine in playing this game. He was back playing in the second half there against Cincinnati in that game. Well, big load, I'd point out, and that's a weird YouTube name. Stetson did throw three touchdowns in that game on December 4th. So it has actually happened before. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jerry dogs fan, you know, by Stetson struggling, if he throws two interceptions early in this game, I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia is, is struggling offensively if Stetson is because and, and this is the genius of him insert of Nick Saban inserting to a tongue Bailoa in the second half of that national championship game. Alabama had zero points in the first half of that game. It was 13, nothing like he had nothing to lose by inserting two at that point in time. Kirby even knew he was putting into a, at the halftime of that game. He, he said as much in the locker room. So, you know, if Georgia does find itself down big early uh, and Stetson is struggling and turning the ball over, could we see JT in this game? Yeah, I still believe that the shorter leash comments that were made in the run-up to the Orange Bowl there. So, uh, Breezy, um, I've made this my 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 fault my my position on this clear before, but I'll say it again. Like, yeah, sure, more targets for Denell makes sense, but don't take them away from Brock Bowers. Uh, like Brock Bowers is a better receiving option than Darnell than we ever dreamed Darnell would be. I, I don't think you should throw more to Darnell. Uh, at the risk of, say, James Cook or Jermaine Burton getting touches. Like, yeah, in theory, you want to get him involved. But the opportunity cost that comes with that, you know, I don't know if that always – the juice is worth the squeeze. I would like to see him get involved in the red zone like we saw in that game against Alabama. But consistently, you know, Georgia, I do think, has guys that can be red zone weapons. Darnell Washington, George Pickens. Georgia's got to find ways to get them the football. Uh Green Soldier, this is a good question. Uh, who surprises us with the performance? Devontae Wyatt did play really well, I think, that first game against Alabama. And it wouldn't surprise me to see him have, you know, make a few impressive plays there. Um, 
I mean, offensively, we know so we already know a lot of these guys there. You know, Kenny McIntosh played well that first game against Alabama. I could see him having a real impact in this game once again. Um, let's sort of racking my brain here. Uh, I mean, Chris Smith is an interesting guy because I think he does offer some flexibility. And if Georgia wants to play him at the star position, I think you could see him do that as one of the many changes you or adjustments you see Georgia make in this game. And so if you do see that, I think that's where you probably go there with regards to, um, you know, under the radar guys. I mean, we've talked so much about everybody on this Georgia team that, you know, it becomes what it is at this point. Let's see. Uh, Jordan Davis will not have three sacks in this game. Uh, I feel okay selling that. Uh, and, and again, Jordan had a great season this year, but this Alabama matchup is just not a good one for him. You know, and maybe Alabama decides to run the ball a little bit more in this game, be a little bit more balanced. And I think that would play into Jordan's favor. But if Alabama is going to do what it did, you know, on December 4th, and I think they're going to try to at least for portions of this game, it, that just doesn't suit Jordan Davis. Uh, I, Jerry Dogs, man, I point out Lad McConkey had a touchdown and an impressive one at that in the first game there against Alabama. So Lad McConkey having a big game. I don't think that'd be a real surprise here. Let's see. Let's get one more question and we will uh, get out of there. Uh, Charlie Smith brings this up. I mean, if Georgia wants to wear the red jerseys, they got to be the number one or number two seed. Uh, they've been the three seed the two times they've made it into the college football playoff. And because of the seeding, that dictates that they're going to wear their road uniforms. So they're going to be in white and Alabama is going to be in red, just like it was in 2018. And so I think similarly to then that was a close game. Uh, Georgia just couldn't make the one or two winning plays that it needed to. They were three plays away from a national title or really a field goal or, or, or any sort of fourth quarter offense there away from a national title. Can Georgia do that again? I think the big thing you need four good quarters from this Georgia team. If you can get that, you like where they will be. And it's going to, that's what it's going to take to win a national championship game. And you got to play four good quarters against Alabama. It's the hardest thing to do in this sport. Uh, Clemson has done it. LSU did it. But other than that, very few teams have done so. And you might be lucky. You might be able to play three and a half and get away with a win. But I think in a game of this caliber with an Alabama team that, while young, does have some experience on this stage, uh, I think it's a game where you got to play four quarters of good football. And that's ultimately what it's going to take. But as I said earlier, I think Georgia does that. I don't know why. Maybe it's wistful or wishful thinking on my part, but I think this Georgia team knows what it's playing for. And obviously Alabama understands that as well, but I, I think Georgia wants to celebrate this historic season with a win on Monday night. These players knows what they have sacrificed. They know what they've been through. I think they know they're better than Alabama, even though the, that December 4th game showed them that they got to be humble and they got to go out there and earn it. I think this team is capable of doing that. And that's why I think Georgia is going to win uh, on Monday night. We will be back next Tuesday with Connor in coverage, hopefully talking a national championship win. If not, uh, it's going to be a very different tenor uh, of show. I will have driven back from Indianapolis that day. I'm driving up with BA on Sunday. We will be there Monday for the national championship game. Tomorrow night, you have Jeff Sintel live from San Antonio. Plenty of coverage from the Under, All Under Armour game last week, the All-American Bowl this week in San Antonio. We're going to do a cover four on Thursday night. That should be really interesting. Myself, Mike Griffith, Jeff Sintel, Brennan Adams. That'll be at 730. Obviously, BA every Monday through Friday, Dog Nation Daily. I think he's going to do a few special broadcasts in the run-up to this game for Georgia. But we're here. End of the season. Season, one more game to, to decide it all. It's been a great year. 
for Georgia. I think they got a chance to cap it off with a win in a national title game. I mean, a lot to obviously the players, the coaches, this program, the fans. And I think they know what they're playing for. And I think you're going to see them do it on Monday night. So with that, thank you guys so much. We'll be back next Tuesday talking Georgia offseason. It never sleeps here. So thank you guys so much. My name is Connor Riley. This has been Connor and Coverage. 